Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, nope. Oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait, do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. All right. <laughs> See, now you made it work. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm laughing because Jeff made fun of... Well, he didn't really make fun of my introduction, but he mimicked it, and so I was having a hard time starting this one off here, but here we go. I'm glad you're here with us, and I'm Don Bruce, and this is... And I'm Jeff Plunkett. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Oh, I'm my goodness. Jeff Plunkett. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so today, we're talking about hearing and believing, and we're reading through, we're continuing our journey through Hebrews. And today we're talking about Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 19. So we'll just go ahead and go for it. And Jeff, if you will read that for us. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it brothers, that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As, he, as has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest? if not to those who disobeyed. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. All right, thank you. So I think we're, we're looking at the meaning of, of all of this together because I think it's one of these sections that definitely, you know, you have the sections in your Bible. <laughs> this is a section that does seem to flow well together and we can see it's comparing our lives today of following God and encouraging others so that we don't become hardened and so that we, we don't fall to the effects of unbelief. So um, one of the scriptures that we're kind of going to focus on is verse 10, where it says, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said, 
Their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. I, I think when we look at this, I, one thing that I thought in pulling this out is, is the whole thing of the comparison between their hearts going astray and not knowing his ways. It's saying they've either done this one thing and they have not done this other thing. And so I have a little table here of distractions and invitations, and, and we'll go into that. But first, maybe we should look at just a few, understanding what a few of the things are saying. In this whole passage, it also talks about they hardened their hearts. And when I looked up harden, it's, it means to become inflexible, obstinately stubborn. That is one of those one of those concepts that we 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 talk about in church a lot. We we read that, but we don't really know. I, I don't know that we fully know what that means. I'm right. not sure that we can even answer that today. Maybe you're prepared to do that, and maybe not. But but here's because in some ways, sometimes people will will celebrate inflexibility. Okay, right. so if we're saying harden your heart, inflexible means harden your heart, and we celebrate inflexibility. So I'm, I'm bringing up something here probably with a little bit of nervousness, like we're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to throw us under the bus here and say, I don't know where we're going with this. But here's the truth. I don't know where we're going with, with this question that I'm asking. So we didn't prepare this, um, this question. It just popped into my head which is always a dangerous place to be. <laughs> so what are we talking about here when, when we're talking about hardened and inflexible? What, what does that mean? I see it. I think when I look at this and, and by seeing what it meant looking back in, the, um, in our little Bible app that gives us more information on original meanings of the word. Oh, the Bible hub? Yes. 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 When I got this, I, I really liked how it said become inflexible. It doesn't say inflexible hmm. alone. It says become. So I see this as it is more as a verb. And I think in like the way a verb would act, it's a continual. It's, a, it's in process where a lot of times I feel like we see it as an instance, an event. And I think... I, I know in my own life, just in understanding, a lot of times if I just read through that, then it's just seemed synonymous with sin. Now, I know it could have to do with that, but I think if we really look at the meaning, what it's saying is <clears throat> just what you said on the thing of we celebrate inflexibility is where we stand firm on one thing and we don't necessarily consider everything that God is saying to us. We don't, we, we take, it's like taking one scripture and making that our mantra. When we don't look at it within everything. And I think that's part of becoming inflexible because I, I really think it's our own deception. It's the idea that we feel like we have something right, so we're stubborn in it. 
that obstinately stubborn were stubborn in it when when he says in verse 10 they have not known my ways so they're they're sticking to one thing or holding on to one piece or looking towards something and they're not they have not known my ways a continual thing it's a process it's a it's a journey we're on yeah and so you know just in in hearing that and and can understand we're just kind of i'm i i i'm i'm taking us in a different direction a little bit this is how we work things out together it, it is but it's just kind of thinking it through and thinking on purpose, and, and I'm going to go back to a conversation we had in our last podcast when we mm-hmm. were talking about transactional and transformational, okay. and it was it was the difference between um, survival and purpose. Right. So transactional was was survival, and transformational was purpose. So it, so if you think about in and then I just looked up in Bible Hub this word that means hardened, and literally it means dried out. <laughs> okay, so, so, you know, whenever it was living, right, inflexible, moving, it, it was, but now it's no longer that; it's dried out. So when we're hardened, it's dried out. But it doesn't so have the living water going through it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. But, but what what I'm what I'm kind of thinking here, and again, I'm just. We're you're hearing this live, um, <laughs> worked 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 out inside our heads. But what I'm what I'm kind of conceptualizing here is because it, what I'm constantly trying to do is how do I understand this based on God's purpose? Mm-hmm. God's right. purpose of joining with me. It's everything comes back to that. Everything. There is nothing that doesn't come back to that. So if if and I I've said this to Don before you know if I if if I sound like a broken record I'm always coming back to joining with God joining with God joining with God great fabulous because that's what that's what God does <laughs> in His Word right. His Word always says come back to that okay so join with me return to me trust in me that's you know that's right. that's connected to Him. So I'm as I'm thinking about even that that idea of hardened, um, meaning dried out. Today, if you hear His voice, okay, so you're hearing, joining with you, you know He says this, and we're he, we're hearing that you have to be in proximity to hear Him. Mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. right? You don't hear Him by being distanced from Him. So you're in proximity, and then do not harden your hearts. Don't dry out your hearts. Um, st- stay on purpose. Stay on purpose, not this transactional fixed. I've got to do just this one thing this way, and if you know what, you know what's interesting. Again, I, I'm, I'm going to come back to counseling stuff. What I see in people is whenever they have only one way. And I don't mean, I'm not talking about, you know, the one way meaning Christ. 
I'm talking about like this is the way we've always done things or this is the way you know this is this is the one solution um, you know in, in marriage counseling for instance if if a couple comes to me and, and they say well this was our one chance and if <laughs> we can't you know do it this way okay so there's only one 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 way of expressing love let me give a better example so I was watching I couldn't sleep last night um, so I w- get up and some when I can't sleep I get up and I watch NCIS <laughs> on Netflix um, I don't know why I just do now I'm I'm kind of hooked um, <laughs> but so so there was in this episode um, I can't remember her name now. Um, anyway, whatever her name is. It depends on what season you were in. Yes, it's season 13, um, and it starts with the... So it's not Ziva, but it's the, the blonde. The one after that, yes, the blonde after that. Yes, oh, my whatever. goodness, I should know her name. I know, I can't I, think of her name. Yeah. Anyway, whatever her character's name is, it's going to come to me. Um, nope, oh. <laughs> it didn't happen. Bishop. <laughs> Bishop, Bishop, yes, there we go. So Bishop, Bishop, Ellie Bishop. yes, so she has this this plan, this surprised um, anniversary trip with her husband. McGee answers the phone whenever her husband calls, and then he mentions it. He doesn't know it's a surprise. He mentions it to the husband, and she says, "You ruined our anniversary." You ruined it because it was the only way she could express love and appreciation for her anniversary was was this trip being a surprise. Um, no, so in in other words, what I'm saying is it's hardened out by by the inflexibility mm-hmm. of toward purpose. It's not a if it's transactional like we talked about last time last right. podcast. If it's transactional, then it's hardened toward task um, it's hardened against purpose but if it's if it's flexible flexibility is is flexible toward purpose in what way how will how like how does Jesus respond to people right how did he respond to people in real life like he was responding toward the flexibility toward purpose mm-hmm the right. one way was not one task way, it was one way toward connection way. Right, right. Because he wasn't just taking them to specifically, okay, when I get to the cross, then you're going to be saved. Mm. But it was a <clears throat> continual process of, of relating with them and being a part of who they were and them joining with him, as we say. Yeah throughout other throughout everything yeah so so if we look at this I I think as you had brought up the whole thing of God's purpose compared to the survival which we talk about often um let's let's look at this as it relates to the Israelites in the wilderness yeah let's get back on track where we were (laughs) were supposed to be before I I derailed us well that was fine um so so I, I have three different instances here. So the first one is the Israelites, their distraction or the survival side was that they um, allowed 
the Egyptian culture that they had lived in to influence them. And even though they were set apart, even in their own portion of Egypt's lands, they still had this interaction with Egypt. And over these 400 years that they were there after Joseph um, came to Egypt, of course, there's going to be portions of Egyptian culture that just become part of, of some of their lives. And so they had this. So when they're in the will, they're traveling out of Egypt and Moses goes up on the mountain and God has given him the Ten Commandments and he comes down and they've built a golden calf and they're, you know, dancing and singing and all this around this golden calf. And it's a very clear thing that their influence from their culture was still very comfortable in their lives. And when they got to a place that they weren't sure what to do, then they reverted to that which was comfortable. And that was that influence of Egyptian culture. Where on the other side, if we look at it, not as, um, they, so their distraction or the survival side is they're saying, oh, we're out here all alone. We don't have at least some of the things we had in Egypt. We're not as comfortable. This is hard and everything. And so they're blaming God, blaming Moses. It would have been easier back in Egypt. And God's saying through all this, his invitation through this whole process is look to me. The t- Ten Commandments. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot the first few, but of the first commandment, but it's basically whatever, God and him only shall you serve. <laughs> I don't know why I just totally lost that. I, see, and I appreciate the fact that you do that because what I'm. <laughs> You don't know this about Hertz. Like she's the memorization <laughs> queen. We were we were doing a sound check earlier. We got a new system, and she was doing a sound check, and she's going through these. I don't even know what you. I, I can't remember enough. So she's the memorization queen, <laughs> and so I appreciate the fact that you forgot <laughs> some of the basics. I appreciate that on behalf of all of us that are really good at forgetting things. Thank you. Mylon would totally agree with you in all of that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So no, anyway. That's true. That's why. <laughs> you know how to know if it's true? If I'm talking. No, I'm just kidding. I, that's a joke. Uh, yeah, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, I'm joking. whatever. Okay. <laughs> As we go on. <laughs> so their distraction or the survival side as we talk about it is that they were going back to their comforts. Yes. Of the, of the culture that they were placed in. It wasn't even their own culture that God had given them, but one they had been placed in. And God saying, don't look to that, look to me. The second thing is when they are in the wilderness and there's a point in Numbers 11 where it talks about how they had low provisions and they were, were hungry. And so what God did is God he made some rules with this, but he sent them manna from heaven. And every day they had 
the amount of manna that they needed for their bodies to be healthy and survive and maintain itself. The problem is they got tired of the manna. They wanted something else. So they're crying out to God, why don't you give us something else? You know, we want something different. And so he ends up sending them quail. Of course, in the Bible, it talks about how he's kind of frustrated with them. (laughs) And it's an overabundance of quail to the point that they're saying, it's too much, take it back. And the basic thing is they weren't satisfied. They either were complaining because they didn't have enough, complaining that they had too much, and it was just constantly not right. And, and they still would, co- would go back to the thing of, oh, in Egypt, we had this. In Egypt, and, and they were, their survival was all about, okay, what do I have right now? And is it just my needs or is it? what I want. And on the other side, when we look at the invitation or God's purpose, God is saying, trust in me. Just trust in me. And I'm taking care of your needs. Trust in me. The third piece, and I'm come back through these a little bit, but I'm just listing them first. So the third one is, they were told to go to Canaan. And they even sent spies into the land of Canaan because that's where God was leading them. But the report from the spies when they came back was that there were giants in the land. And so for the people, they decided that, oh, that's just, you know, more than we want to deal with right now. And so they decided their current comforts, which wasn't comfortable at all because they were complaining all the time, but their current comforts were still easier than taking the risk of facing giants in Canaan. And, and so they just said, we're not going. And, and God was angry with them because this is what he had told them to do. And on the other side, his invitation, God's purpose, is he's trying to say, follow me where I lead. I'm going to take care of you. Follow me. And so he, he was constantly merciful with them, constantly um, were looking, moving on and trying to build this relationship with them. The problem is, in the hardening of their hearts, is they were just so survival-minded, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, that they couldn't believe, because this, this passage talks about because of their unbelief, they couldn't trust that God was really going to take care of them and their needs. And, and, and looking at this, even for us today, which is why we're going through the scripture, is, you know, we have to be careful because God's saying, look to him. And a lot of times we allow the influence of our own culture to distract us from him and to take our time and our energy. And even it feels more comfortable than just focusing on God and so we look other ways and that's what we don't realize is 
the word distraction can seem very mild, but these very things are are things that could harden, begin to harden our hearts against God. The second, when I talked about low provisions and, and God sending what they needed, but it wasn't what they wanted, and so they're complaining. And how many times do we look at our finances and we might have enough for what we need, but it's not enough for the things that we want. And so we complain. And we're upset and we're stressed and we're frustrated and we take it out on people around us. And, and we go through all these things when God's just trying to say, trust in me. Mm-hmm. If you will trust in me, then I will work with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we will do this together because yeah. he wants to join with us. Yeah, and, and, and I just want to add just interject here a little bit because I want to make sure it's it's clear you can interpret even some of what she's saying here you know what what people can take that and say oh so if I just if I connect to God then that's the solution for all of my needs and wants and and hopes and dreams and all that and that's not at all what we're saying here that's not what God is saying it's never been what he's saying not saying don't do anything right well (laughs) and even that because the objective is joining with him that's Mm -hmm. the objective right whatever it takes Mm -hmm. along the way if that means that you have plenty lots and lots of manna join with him if it means that you have no manna if you have mm-hmm. nothing if that's what it takes to join with him then that's what it takes right. so it, it it because because the culture says right. the culture is about survival understand what we've what, what, you know what we we're we're making clear from scripture is that the culture is about survival Culture is about how do you maintain the temporal? How do you maintain this body? How do you how do you improve the 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 likelihood of even survival? Um, but what he says is look or or live according to the standards of measurement yeah, that they've placed exactly. And he, and God's saying look, join with me when you trust in me. Mm-hmm. You are joining with me. You are you are you're. You're extending to me. This is God saying, when you trust in me, you're extending to me the assumption of our relationship, our connectedness, our unity, our unifying together, because that's the nature of God. Right. And so what happens then, that's fine. I, I'm fine with that. He does care for us, mm-hmm. but the objective is not... The sustaining of the temporal. It's not the sustaining of this body. It's not the. That's not. It's it's about the joining. So if your if your body is, if the the quality of your your happy life is better, and it's apart from God, it's not better. Yeah, it's not better. <laughs> you haven't you haven't gained anything. What does it profit a man that he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Nothing, zero. Right. So. Gaining stuff, gaining gaining even manna, or you know spaghetti again, you know <laughs> if if it's you know whatever it right, so what, big deal. Right. And if you have nothing, but if you have God, then that's mm-hmm. everything. 
If you have nothing, so what? Big deal. Whatever. Right. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. If you're not fine with having nothing mm-hmm. in this world, and in, but all you have is, I don't mean an eventual connection and unity with God. I mean right now. Right. Today. Be okay with having nothing in this culture and everything in permanence. And that's where, that's where um, our church world, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, has done us a great disservice by a prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. And and I know it may make some people mad. I don't know. I keep hitting my mic. <laughs> She uh, talks with her hands. I know. I'm <laughs> trying to hold them down. <laughs> um, but we, we, I, I'm not saying that there's not scriptures in here that it talks about God taking care of us. Mm-hmm. But we have to be careful in how we interpret those. Are we interpreting those according to our culture? Mm. Oh, come on. That, that, <laughs> say that again. Say that again because it's. Yes, you're exactly right. Oh, that is so good. That is so, exactly yeah. the right way. So are we interpreting those according to our culture? Mm. And um, because you, you think about it, I, I don't know, in a third mm-hmm. world country, and they're reading one of these scriptures, mm. the prosperity may be totally different mm. than what we think it would be here in America. Mm. And so, so we have to be careful not to interpret the scriptures just based on our nationality, based on our current status, based on our social norms, mm-hmm. yeah. because all of that is temporary. Yeah, and yeah, because a, a cultural definition of prosperity is a moving target. Right. <laughs> like, like, what what do we count as prosperous today mm-hmm. compared to you know you know I, I'm I'm fascinated you know our first house that we bought and it was in the 80s late 80s early 90s I think oh you're old I know <laughs> we, we it was thirty thousand dollars and that was even wow. you know then yeah. you know I, I mean we watched my my family really likes to watch a lot of movies based on 1700s 1800s you know in in very 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 wealthy people their numbers were oh he's got a he's got an allowance of five thousand dollars a year yeah. oh my you know? <laughs> right <laughs> downton <laughs> oh what a station he has <laughs> You're gonna lose your situation. <laughs> um, so, okay, we're digressing here. Yes, indeed. I, I just I had to do some of my impersonations, but you know it's it, because it's a moving target. And as you said, even today, you know, because I remember watching a documentary not too long ago. These guys go down, and they went to some um, South American country, and they were trying to live off of what people live off of. And it was a dollar a day. Right. Or it was a dollar a day or a dollar a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to figure out how, how to survive based on that. 
fascinating. Right. And so that means that if you've got two dollars a day or a week, whatever, you have just doubled your income. Oh man! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're in the muck. So yeah, it's a moving target. So don't base it on that. Something permanent. There's only one thing that is permanent. That we say this all the time. There's only one thing that is permanent. Mm-hmm. Everything else is temporal. Everything else passes away. Everything else is a moving target. Right. But the relationship, the joining with, the joining with God is a permanence. And it, in that, you know, we look at um, <laughs> what you take with you when you die. Mm. And the only thing we take is whatever we have that's eternal. Mm. Yeah. That is permanent, yeah. truly permanent, and um, and and that's why the the thing with the prosperity gospel is we're giving this idea that God is just going to give us everything mm-hmm. that the way mm-hmm. we see it of what we want and all this great stuff. When there's so many times in the Bible. Just like a previous podcast we did on the joy of suffering, and it talks about you will have this with me and whatever the scripture is, but basically if you join in my suffering. Mm. And, and suffering, at least the way I understand it, would be a polar opposite of prosperity. Mm. Yeah. And... I'm not saying that good things may not happen or God may not do good things in your life. It's just you cannot base your faith in him on whether your life is good today or not. Right. Yeah, that, and even because what you just did is you brought it back to, to this, is, is this, it's that believing. Right. On what basis do I believe? I believe on permanence, not on some temporary thing like manna or whatever. That's what the Israelites did when they were, everything was good. Then they're like, oh, we love God and we're going to follow him. And, you know, we're all right. And they're singing and dancing and they're tambourines and all of that. And then when things go bad, it's like, okay, okay, he's not really doing what we want him to do right and so that is where it comes in of their unbelief we're not talking about a okay yes i believe no i don't believe mm. it's a trust in him it's a reliance on him not just for him to take care of thing on his own on his own and i'm going to just sit here on the side but just as Jeff has been saying, he wants to join with us. He wants to be a part. He wants to to work in tandem with us mm-hmm. for whatever we're dealing with. Yeah. And he's there. Yeah. That's just it. He's there. Yeah. If it if it hurts, that doesn't mean he's not there. Right. It it, it it's. A, it's about you know yeah it's about joining. I, I'm I, 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 there's a word. Um, so in Hebrew, you know the word ed um, is 
you know, the word for God. And so, you know, mm-hmm. Elohim, um, you know, et cetera, is the extension of that. But right. but here's what I, I find fascinating. So, you know, in English, and I've mentioned this in, in previous podcasts, in English, our words don't really have a lot of colorfulness to them. They're, they're not very vibrant, our, our right. words are not. But in in Hebrew, it's just it, it it's so experiential. It's so amazing the what the how the words came about and what they mean and what they express. So that that in the original pictograph, so so originally Hebrew was was different. They they have sort of type letters now, but but they they used pictographs. And in the original pictograph or er. Um, meaning the reference to God, was a staff. So it's kind of a J-looking thing, a staff. And then this this thing that looks sort of like um, like a, a rancher's symbol. So it's kind of for a, a, a cow. Like a brand. A, a bull, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, a, yeah, exactly. So it's it's like a, it's almost like the J-bull brand, if you will. But it, it's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> But what it was actually referring to is a staff and an oxen. And in, in so the oxen represents power and strength. Um, but here's what's what's fascinating. So and understand what this what this this word means is is the the staff is actually re- referencing the yoke. So in, in specifically what it means is it's it's two oxen yoked together because the staff was a yoke of the neck mm-hmm. is what it was re- referencing. Mm-hmm. So it's right. it's you and, and more specifically the way they would do it is is they would they would always have two oxen yoked together and one of them would be a stronger more experienced older oxen and then the other one is going to be a new young untrained unskilled a little bit weaker oxen. He hasn't hasn't had the the skill. Uh, hasn't had the strengthening of working the fields. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the the older, more experienced, stronger oxen would be able to keep the lines straight. Where the the younger oxen, if they were left to themselves, the the lines would be all over the place. You know, as they're plowing. Um, so the the rows would be be just you know hither, there, and everywhere. Um, so what they would do is they would hook two oxen up together, one older experienced than the younger one, connected by the staff of the neck. The yoke of the neck is the staff, and help keep the lines straight. So the word even means connecting or joining right. together this experienced one to help keep the line straight, keep it straight toward purpose, toward the objective, toward the goal. The, uh, the purpose is the joining. Even that word, so it's that picture. It's just, it's just I, don't know, I just find and, it fascinating. Well, and it's impossible for that weaker one, which mm-hmm. would be considered us, yoked with God, if we're looking at that, it would be impossible for that weaker one to just go on and then consult the stronger one when they need it because mm-hmm. that weaker one would be dragging 
the stronger one. And I'm, I'm just looking right. at that, yeah. and that's impossible. It was just an impossibility. Right. And, and even in this passage, whenever it talks about going astray, it's how would the weaker one go astray? It would have to disconnect from the right. yoke, have to unyoke itself. The only way it could go astray is to unyoke itself. Right. So if the problem is not so much the going astray, although that's a problem, that's the consequence. The problem is the unyoking. Right, right, right. And, it, and it's also not just... And I understand the meaning of this phrase, but the let go and let God, mm. which is good, meaning that we don't try to control everything, mm. but it can be taken as, oh, well, I'm just not going to do anything at all, and mm. I'm just going to let him take care of it. And that's not what he's wanting either. No, no. You know, just you know, you know, just go ahead and live, and you wander about your field and do your own plowing <laughs> while he's taking care of something else. Or you're, right, or plowing over your, you know, stuff that you've messed up. And <laughs> exactly. That, that's, it, you're exactly right. That is ridiculous. Right. Um, because it's contrary to his purpose. His purpose is you and I being joined with him. There is no other purpose. Right. And, and, and I know we've said this, but understand that when we constantly talk about the joining, it's that throughout the entire Bible, mm-hmm. that's the message. There are events that happen. There are things that he does, and, and we're not diminishing mm-hmm. salvation. That's just a way. A, it's the the way we have of that initial coming back into connection with him yeah yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't have the opportunity right for joining if it right. wasn't for that it's not a ticket to a destination exactly right it's it's now it's right now we join together right and that's why we could say whether i live or whether i die God is with me. Because if I've joined with him now, then that is eternal. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's focus on permanence. Love it. So when we look through it, at the very, it talks about just the final little piece here, is that throughout this, he talks about entering his rest. And, and there's different ways, I, I even looked up, there's different ways you could look at this as far as his rest. You know, it could be an eternal permanence. It could be like the Sunday, uh, the Sabbath. It could be just different things like that. But it also could be um, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's that rest of relying on the shepherd to lead you and guide you. And, and you know, if, I, if, if Mylon and I are driving a long ways, which we do often, um, our car could almost go autopilot to Colorado and back. Um, if we're driving together, there's sometimes I may be driving and I may be not sleepy tired, 
but I'm tired of driving in the sense of when you're driving, you're having to watch out for the other cars, maintain your speed, look at your gas gauge, which I fail to do sometimes, <laughs> and <laughs> all the, um, you know, all these different things, even if it's, you're used to it, but still it takes a little more thought process and brain power. And so sometimes I'm tired and we switch and I can sit in the passenger seat and I'm still going the same direction. But I can be at rest and not have to worry <laughs> about everything around. And, and, and I just see it kind of as that of if we can allow him to be that stronger oxen to lead us, we're still going in that direction. But we're not having to stress and worry and make sure everything happens just a certain way and come up with our own purpose for life. Mm -hmm. We can trust in him and we can enter into his rest of being confident in who he is and what he's doing in us and and i just think you know think through this today really think deeply about the scripture of the whole idea of the unbelief the not trusting in him and what in our own lives are we doing where maybe we're not giving him every part of our heart that we should and I want to encourage you today, just as it tells us to do, it says encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And I want to encourage you to not be hardened, but believe, trust in him so you can enter into his rest. Mm, love it. Great stuff. Great stuff. With a great conversation. Well done. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's resources, No One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, go to alethesresources.com. And Alethes is spelled A-L-E-T-H-E-S. LATHESRESOURCES.COM or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.